Do you want to reach your next level in business and health? Do you need help unlocking your potential and taking action? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Empowered Life Podcast, a podcast that empowers women to change physically, emotionally, and financially, and to live a life they love. Now, here's your host, Lisa Pizek. Hello and welcome to this next episode of The Empowered Life. Lisa Pizek here, and I'm so excited today. Oh, I'm so excited about the next 45 minutes or so that we have together. Because today, I have my good friend here, Bob Heilig. And let me tell you a little bit about him. So Bob has been in the MLM industry for the last 10 years. And wait for it, he's generated seven figures. And he's generated seven figures through educating people, training people, mentoring people, serving people. I know sometimes when we hear that big financial gain that people make, we want to know what that special secret is on how they got there. And Bob, he gives so much incredible content. Bob, that was one of the very first things that I loved about getting to know you. I'm like, man, this guy delivers. Now, you've also started your training company two years ago called Your Virtual Upline, and it's basically a teaching, serving, business coaching, teaching people how to be successful in an online brand, an online business, doing the things that you did, taking those steps, maybe making it their own, but you're so willing to be transparent and teach exactly how you got the financial success that mm. you did. So, First off, I just want to say thank you for being here with me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm excited. Oh, I love it. So I just want to jump right in because I know you're going to have so much good content to share. So first I want to talk about, take me a step back. Why did you pick the MLM? Um, and for people that don't know MLM, it's that multi-level marketing, that network marketing, um, you know, growth kind of marketing that we have person to person out there. How did you first decide that that was something you wanted to get into? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it just uh, came, I have a background in traditional medical sales and I was the typical story. I was a frustrated employee. I was earning a decent living, but I wasn't excited about what I was doing and I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't passionate. There was no purpose behind me getting up and going to work every day. And I got, it got to the point where I found myself having to work harder and harder every year for less money. And I just was like, this is, this is not what I, how I want to live the rest of my life. And um, I was introduced to network marketing um, by uh, a friend in college. And um, it, was, it wasn't something I really pursued at the time. But I remember being really um, excited about the concept. You know, being able to start a business for very low startup, no overhead, you know, be able to plug into a proven system and, um, leverage the experience of other people that, you know, had a vested interest in seeing you make money just made sense to me. And now I, at that particular company, I didn't really identify with the products and it just wasn't the right time in my life. I was a college student. I wasn't interested in building a business. I was interested in other things. And, um, I was reintroduced to the profession. Um, and the timing was right. It was the right, you know, I always like to say that, uh, if you're introduced by the right person, at the right time in your life and it's the right company, then there's a high probability you'll join. And that's what happened to me. I wound up joining. 
Um, and, um, you know, it, it was, it was far from an overnight success. You know, you shared in your introduction to me that, you know, I, I, I was fortunate that I was able to earn seven figures in the profession, but that was not, um, my immediate story. My first year in network marketing, I was a miserable failure. Um, I didn't recruit a single person in my first year of trying to build the business. And uh, so it was not, uh, you know, quick success. There was a lot of obstacles and adversity, but um, it's part of my story that I, I really am most proud of because I didn't quit. And my dream was bigger than the problems that I was facing. And I really believe the fact that I struggled so much in the beginning is one of the reasons why I was an effective leader because I could relate to what most people deal with. Most people in this profession are not overnight successes. They don't make big money in their first year. And because I struggled, a lot of it was just through simple hard-headedness and uncoachability. But once I actually figured it out, when I did start to grow and build a team and people were looking to me for mentorship, I really knew what it was like to be in their shoes. And I think that was one of the things that helped me be an effective leader. Mm, that's huge. And you're right. Sometimes we get, we get so caught up on that number that we're like, oh my God, I can make, I can make seven figures in like six months or a year. Yeah. And then when you don't, people think, well, what's wrong with me? I must suck at this. I must not be good at this. This yeah. isn't a good you know, decision for me. And I think that's amazing that you're transparent about that. That's like you had to fall flat on your face for a year yep. before you were able to kind of figure out, I maybe have to change the way I do things. I have to take a reapproach. I've got to learn something different. Yep. And some of the big words that jumped out in what you shared, passion, purpose. You said yeah. you woke up in that, you know, nine to five or whatever kind of, you know, full-time job you're in, you felt no passion and purpose, growth, there's mm -hmm. growth opportunity, and then just being resilient, right? Yeah. Like you said, when you, you have these high hopes and dreams and things maybe don't work out in yeah. that first kind of year. And I think sometimes people, you know, MLM sometimes get a bad rap and people think that it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a scam or people don't have the best intentions when they go into that, or they think it's not safe, right? Like you should stay in your safe nine to five because that has benefits and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I'm hearing you say getting involved in that brought passion and purpose and yeah. growth and resiliency. So after that year, when you became maybe a little bit more coachable, you were, you know, what kind of, what made that change for you in your mindset? Like what, what did that second year look like? Or what was the big difference for you there in your mindset? Yeah. So the, the big shift for me came, um, when I changed my relationship to fear. Mm. And what I mean by that is my lack of success in that first year had everything to do with me avoiding the things that were making me afraid in my business. I was not willing to give a presentation because I didn't think I was going to be able to do a good enough. See, a lot of people don't realize, and if, if people that follow me have heard me talk about this a lot, my number two fear, my biggest fear in my life was public speaking. Wow. Number one fear is heights. And, um, <laughs> but my number two fear was always public speaking. I hated it. I was deathly afraid of it. I avoided it like the plague, all costs. I, I mean, I don't, I still struggle with the sound of my own voice and watching my own videos, but my unwillingness to face that fear of 
giving a, a presentation, of approaching. I was afraid of approaching successful people because I, I didn't think they would take me seriously because I, I, I wasn't that. I was afraid of being a leader. You know, one of the things that is interesting that I see a lot happening in this profession is people, they tell themselves that they want to build a big team, right? It's like what we all say we want more than anything. Mm -hmm. But what I see happening is actually what I used to do to myself and I didn't realize it. Every time I would get close to having that breakthrough and creating success and getting that team that I said that I wanted, I would self-sabotage myself. Because deep down, I actually feared being a leader and having a big team because I didn't think I would be capable to lead them. So my entire business was driven by fear. And what, what changed for me, and I think it probably came out of just sheer, utter desperation. Like, I just got to the point where I was so sick and tired of seeing other people have success and it wasn't happening for me that it was like I was forced into doing the things that I didn't want to do. And the moment I started to, you know, I, I, I use the phrase, use fear as a compass and start recognizing the things in my life that I was fearing, that they were probably the very things that if I was willing to do would create breakthroughs for me. The moment I started to do that, everything changed for me. The moment I got in front of the room for the first time, it set, you know, it created a domino effect that, you know, led me to, to, to the point that I'm at today. The, the moment that I, I finally got over that fear of talking to people that were higher and better than me, started to see different results. So when I changed that relationship to fear, that's when breakthroughs started to occur. And that's when my growth as a human being started to really happen. Mm. You know, I always like to say that um, network marketing is really uh, at its core, it, it, it's a personal development program with a compensation plan attached to it. And the moment you start to become better and the moment you start to have more to offer the world in the, in the way of skills and knowledge and expertise, that's when things usually turn. So I started to become better and my business started to turn um, as a result of that. Dang, that's like a mic drop. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. I love that fear became your compass. Mm, yeah. And you brought up another very common thing that happens, whether you're an MLM or not, the things that we're just talking about right now can apply to so many areas of your life. It's that you start to look to the person to the left and the person to the right. And you're like, why are they successful? Why am yeah. I not successful? Why do they have happiness? And I don't have happiness. Yeah. And like you said, it's in that moment where you have a choice to like stay in that misery yep. and say, Oh, woe is me and compare, or you have a choice to make a change. Yep. And as you said, you made a change. You yep. went and did the things that scared you. And was there a moment at any point when you did those things that scared you that you were like, why did I create this scenario in my brain that it was going to be so bad, but it actually wasn't that bad? Yeah. I mean, all the time, you, you know, you would, I would approach somebody that was on my chicken list that I was afraid to talk to and they would actually join the business. And it was like, you know, this total like mind shift of, you know, I, I'm creating these stories that really are just that, you know, mm -hmm. and um, stuff like that. And then the first time that I actually was, uh, I spoke in front of a room. Um, I was literally forced to do it. It was, uh, 
Saturday training down at the Philadelphia airport. There couldn't have been more than 30 people in the room. And all they asked me to do is just go up and welcome everybody out. And it was a, it was a terrible experience. It was horrifying. I, it was not like, it was not good, but I remember finishing doing that and leaving the meeting and thinking, you know, I want to do that again because mm -hmm. I wanted to do a better job, right? I wanted to kind of make up for it. And what, what happened was once I got on the other side of that fear and I started to see that it was possible for me to do these things that I didn't think it was possible to do. And it started to raise my awareness around wanting to become better. Mm -hmm. What I realized was I was actually pretty good at it. I was actually pretty good when I got in front of a room. And I never would have found that out unless I would have been able to get over that fear, even though somebody forced me to do it. Mm -hmm. And so it was, in some cases, it was a gradual process, but in others, it was a big aha moment. But the thing that I always talk about to people is my story is such a powerful example of how sometimes the things that we fear in life are the very things that we were put on this earth to do. And I think that when we can get, the reason why I love network marketing is because if we can get in an environment, right, that is a safe environment that encourages people to take risks and to grow, that's when amazing things happen. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are not ever in an environment like that. So they never truly realize the potential that they have inside of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just incredibly thankful that, you know, there was somebody that cared enough on that Saturday morning to shove me in front of the room <laughs> because I wouldn't be making, you know, I would not be impacting the world the way that I am today if it weren't for that, that happening. Yeah. And let's talk about that. You bring up such a good point. So I love how you said MLMs are a personal development program. Mm. They really are. They yep. really are in terms of communication skills. Like you said, doing things that make you afraid, speaking to people, just genuinely caring about people and wanting them to feel as good as you feel or have the success that you have yep. and you have had. So you, you're, the way things look now are a little bit different because mm -hmm. You've now moved a little bit away from that. Well, I guess moved a lot away from the MLM. That was your start. But now you're really doing this business coaching and this, um, you know, mastery coaching of how to develop your own brand, how to market yourself online, how to leave that legacy and make that real difference for that exact reason why you were put on this earth. Yeah. Right. So what does that look like now for you? So what are you teaching people or what did getting in that MLM show you that way of what you were meant really here to do? Yeah. I, you know, my, my path, the, the, the fork in the road for me was a couple of years ago when, um, you know, I went through something that very few people will ever go through, um, in any profession. I had two separate companies close on me in seven months. And, um, you know, it was a very difficult time in my life. I was at the lowest point of my professional life, possibly my life as a whole. And um, I had a decision to make. And I think that, you know, it's interesting. There's a quote, there's a, a quote of that. That's one of my favorite quotes. And it, and it says, basically, I paraphrase it, that sometimes you have to let go of the life that you've planned for yourself to step into the life that's waiting for you. And I think that um, I realized that maybe the things that I were going through, there was a reason for that. And there was a greater purpose out there for me. And so I started down this path of 
really learning what it means to build a, a personal brand and an, uh, you know, and an online business. And my goal was that I wanted to be able to take the things that I had learned over my 10 year career as a rep in this profession, which I still love, even though I, I went through that, those adverse trying times didn't change my um, viewpoint on the profession as a whole but I saw it as an opportunity for me to start to impact and serve a much larger audience, mm -hmm. you know, much greater than just one team or one company, mm -hmm. you know, and one of my, um, one of my favorite mentors of all time is Jim Rohn and Jim Rohn says that service to many leads to greatness. So I said, well, if I could find a way to have my story be an inspiration to a larger audience of people. And if I could, you know, cause I really am on a mission to elevate the profession of network marketing. Mm -hmm. And I really do think I have a unique, um, spin on how we do that. If I could impact in even the slightest way, elevating the profession to me, that would be, um, you know, my highest calling. And, um, so I started creating content online. I started doing live videos. It, it took off after about five or six months of just head down, you know, chipping away and, um, you know, actually turned into a, you know, into a thing. And it's a, a very profitable business for me today. And, um, you know, I, I love what I do. I get to meet great people like you. And, um, it's just crazy that now I, uh, I, I've created a, a, a living out of talking when it was one of the things that I was most afraid to do. I was going to say that I'm like, yep. from the guy who was afraid to public speak. Now you're constantly in front of people yep. and you're serving and helping yeah. so many. And maybe you never even know the ripple effect of that, right? It's like, yeah. it's not just that person, you know, you're helping a mom, you're helping her family, you're helping a dad, you're helping their family, you're helping a leader, you're yeah. helping a team, which is helping a lot of families and lives, right? That's totally. a beautiful ripple effect. Yep. Um, and I know leadership is that piece that you're really big. We were chatting earlier about mm -hmm. you really want to grow leaders. Yeah. So in your mind, what makes the best leader? What kind of traits or what do you have to be or do to be an, an exceptional leader? Yeah, I mean, for me, it starts with, um, you know, having a servant's mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people, they, they look at leadership as a right. It's not, it's a responsibility. And I think the bigger your team is, the more responsibility you have to serve other people. So I think if, if, if you lead from a place of giving and caring and, and really wanting to help others, that that's always a really good place to start. Um, I think that leadership in the network marketing profession is also defined um, by example. Um, I think that people will not do what you say, they do what you do. And so many leaders fall into what I call management mode, which is they build a team, they achieve a level of success, and then they get away from doing the things that got them there. And they, they do the easy thing, which is just managing their team. And that, once again, is letting fear drive your business because that's the easy thing to do, right? The hard thing to do is continue to go out there and get new recruits and get new customers, but they fall into management mode and then their team starts to stall because they see you not working and then they don't work, right? So I think it's, it's having a service and a, and a, a give first mentality. It is um, certainly leading by example. I think that it's constant and never ending growth. Um, it, it's, you know, it's using the analogy of a tree, a tree grows to the day it dies. And I think that a lot of leaders, they, they, their growth stalls in their business. And as a result, they become a lid on their team. You know, John Maxwell calls it the law of the lid. 
And, you know, if you're a six on a scale of one to 10 in terms of your leadership level and ability, you're only going to, you know, you're only going to build a team of sixes and below. And I think that also stems from fear as well. Because what happens a lot of times with leaders in this profession is they get to a point where their current level of skills and expertise are good enough for them to maintain the level of results that they have. And they can just show up and just do what they do almost on autopilot and continue to maintain those results. But what I've learned is anytime you want to go to the next level in your life, it's going to require a new version of you. It's going to require you to, uh, to, to do something you're not used to doing. Now, here's the struggle for leaders. When we step out past what's comfortable for us and we venture into that area of the unknown and uncertainty, we risk not looking good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of leaders, especially in network marketing, because let's be honest, there's a lot of ego that goes into this business and people, they get that pin on their chest and they walk around the convention and everybody just bows down and shines their shoes and wants to take pictures. We're used to looking good. We like feeling good, right? But now when we have to do something that maybe we've never done, for example, I teach live video to a lot of network marketing leaders. And I've never seen something that people are more deathly afraid of because, you know, here I have this leader in network marketing that's done extremely well that is afraid to do a video. And all they do is talk and lead to their team, but, but they're not used to doing it and they're afraid of it because they know that they might not look as good as they're used to. Mm. So it's like, it's that once again, it's always being willing to, to, to strive for that next level you know, I heard it said once, it's like good is the enemy of great. And you always got to be pushing. So I think it's, 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 those are just some of the things that come to mind first. But I, if, you can, if you can get centered in those areas, and um, then I think you're off to a pretty good start when it comes to being a, a great leader. Yeah. And I love that piece, even tying it back to the type of team that you're building if your team sees you getting uncomfortable, mm-hmm. maybe not being awesome at whatever it is that you're doing, that's going to hopefully spark them to go, well, that didn't work out so well for her, but she survived or yeah. him. He did it. Yep. And you make that a teaching point. Hey, I just did my first live video, almost like your talk at the airport. Didn't go the way I maybe planned, but yep. I'm going to get better at this. Totally. What are you going to get better at? Right. You set that bar of we're constantly pushing that fear. We're constantly pushing that how to make it. You go from a six to a seven, you go from a seven to an eight, you get to a 10. What's the next level? Yeah. Right. Totally. That domino effect of, you know, I think that really, like you said, people will watch what you're doing. Yep. They'll only push themselves the way you push yourself. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Totally. It's that comfortable it's very true, that comfortable stage that you get in where like it's good enough to get by or you're making enough money to live. Yep. But it's never about the money. Right. You know, like you say, we celebrate the money. We celebrate all the things that we achieve and the ranks that we get and the trips that we get and the cars and the houses that we buy. People love that sort of stuff. But most people, I would think that succeed in this business, lead with the heart. It's never about any of that, right? It's about getting better and learning and helping other people. Yeah. Okay, I have one question, a little bit business business building here. Yeah. 
thinking about your brand and prospecting and helping people, money is the number one reason why many people say they can't afford it. You know, they, they can't work with you. How do you get over that when you know that you, like you truly want to help this person? Like I'm in the beach body business and it's like, I see people struggling with their weight and I'm like, I know that if you worked with me and I got you some products and programs, it would help you way past even just losing weight, right? Build confidence, be a better mom. Like I see that end result for people, but people get so hung up in that. I just, I just simply don't have the money. Yeah. Is it about the money or do you find, what's the psychology there? Do people legitimately not have the money? Right? How do you get around that whole money objection? Because I know that's the number one yeah. thing. Even if it's not an MLM, even in business, you're like, my product will help you. Yep. But people maybe won't buy it because they say, oh, I can't spend the money on that. Yeah. How do you get around that? Yeah, I don't, I mean, look, when, when you talk about objections, the first objection you get is never the real objection, right? And, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to do a training on objection handling because I think that the more, the more important message that I could deliver is really understanding that um, if somebody really wants to do something, mm-hmm. they'll get the money, right? So, so it, it, that's never the reason. But what I'd like to kind of address, because this is a big problem, I think, for network marketers, is what makes someone want to buy? Mm. Why does somebody buy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think where we go wrong as network marketers sometimes is we have such a strong belief in what we're offering people, whether it's the products or whether it's the opportunity we have that um, we oftentimes forget that people don't buy because they need what you have. They buy when they decide that they want what you have. Mm. They make the decision. They sell themselves, not you. And so, so the question is, how do we make people want what we have? Well, it's a really powerful marketing principle that if you can accomplish this, it changes everything for you. You have to learn how to enter the conversation that's already happening in your prospect's mind. You have to understand. So here's, here's, a, here's an, uh, an easier way to think of it. Think of, for anybody that's listening, I want them to think about when, you, when they first joined their network marketing business, right? So that first day when they joined, you didn't know even a fraction of the information that you know now. You didn't know what was in the products most likely. You didn't know all the benefits of everything you have. You didn't know the compensation plan. You didn't know any of that, but you joined, right? The problem we have is now that we accumulate all of this knowledge and information, we think we have to impart all of that information to a prospect to get them to decide. And that's the worst thing you can do. You know, I call it verbally vomiting on people. And what happens is when you do that, what, you do, what you're doing is you're making yourself the expert. And that will chase people away from your business. So when somebody tells me, I, you know, I don't have the money, what I know they're most likely saying in their mind is one of two things. Either they don't see themselves doing what I just did, and that's the case for most people that are in network marketing, meaning you just gave them this long 
you know, sales presentation where you're answering questions and giving information. And we do it out of enthusiasm because we just, we're like, but you need it, right? We need to give you everything we know. And what happens is people are like, yeah, not interested because most people are not sales types. They don't see themselves doing that. They don't want to, they don't have the time to do that, right? So they either are saying that I don't see myself doing that or I don't believe that I can do it. So it's really a matter of their own self-worth that, because, and, but here's what it both boils down to. You've made the process more difficult than it needs to be. So one of the things that I had to learn, and this was very difficult for me, you know, I have a background in medical sales and I was a trained professional salesperson who presents and answer, answers questions and I've got to look, you know, I have to look like I know what I'm talking about to be credible. So I brought that same um, approach into network marketing and it's why I struggled. See, I learned this, the less that you say, the more money you will make. So what I had to learn how to start doing was shutting my mouth and letting other things and other people deliver the information for me, right? I, you know, you hear a lot about this concept of third-party tools. So instead of me explaining it, I would just play a video or I would give them a sample and let them experience the sample before I tried to fire hose my sales presentation on them, right? So I was giving them information, right? And demonstrating to them, it's a simple business. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have or know all of the information. All you need to do is just give people enough to whet their appetite to have them want. So, so what, what are we talking about? Now they're wanting more. Right. So now they're, yes, I'm interested. I want to know more. It's not us trying to push them. We're pulling them, right? We're creating some curiosity. We're dripping it out in pieces and getting them moving forward. So it's learning how to do that. And, you know, a lot of times I'll talk to people and I'm an expert on this because I was guilty of this as anyone. I'll talk to people that will say, you know, I've got tons of customers but I don't have a lot of recruits. And I know right away, as soon as they say that, they're just talking too much. That's all it is. Like there's, li- there's literally, there's no other reason ever that you struggle getting recruits, but you can get customers, then you are making it too difficult. You're talking too much. You're selling. You have to learn how to start saying less. I'm talking to myself too, by the way. <laughs> You're talking about me, Bob. <laughs> um, but that's, look, that's easier said than done. You know, it's hard not giving the information. It's hard, you know, uh, looking like, because a lot of times it goes back to ego. Like we don't want to come across like we're not credible, right? Well, I just want to be, but that it doesn't work. It doesn't work because it doesn't matter if what you do works. It only matters if it duplicates and if other people can do it. That's why we have to have simple systems. So getting back to your original point, I would argue that when somebody says, I don't have the money, all that really is, is just a veiled excuse for them saying, look, you know, I either don't see myself doing what you're doing, or I just don't believe I can do it because you've made it more difficult than it needs to be. Mm, That's a huge mindset shift. Wow. Like I've never had anyone explain it in that way, which makes complete sense. Yeah. And you're right. You don't, we never want to seem desperate or pushy or needy or like we don't know what we're talking about we're these frauds and people are going to figure us out but yet like you said when you have verbal diarrhea and you just vomit information on people you become all those things that you never wanted to be yep 
right? And I can remember watching one of your training videos. It was a live video that you shared. And it was about something along the lines of saying to someone, you know, just get back to me and I'll know. I'll cross you off my list, you know, if you're not interested. And you were saying how when you take it away from someone, yep. then that piques their interest. And I thought, gosh, that's, you know, that's so brilliant because, yeah. you know, we aren't needy. We want to help people. But you never want to come across like you need them or else your whole world crumbles. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's what a lot of people do. And and it's not, it's just because they don't know any better. You know, they, like we genuinely want this person to join our business and, but because we, you know, we push too hard, we give too much information. It's almost like, you know, there's this subtle dance. And if, if you're leaning in too hard, and it, it literally is, if you can imagine, just leaning into someone. If they feel like you're invading their personal space, they're going to lean away from you, mm-hmm. right? And that's what happens when you're pushing too hard, you're explaining, you're selling. But when you learn how to make a subtle shift to lean away a little bit, like, you know, give, like really give them the impression that I don't need you, mm-hmm. you know, it changes the, the dynamic of the the whole interaction you know if i give you a short little video that whets your appetite or i give you a sample of the product and i let you try it and you determine on your own merits that you want to learn more now i'm in a position of power Mm -hmm. you're coming to me saying i want more information i'm like oh okay great how can i help you Mm -hmm. right so there's a very subtle but powerful shift that happens being able, instead of, you know, stringing somebody along and chasing them, being able to say something like, you know, hey, Lisa, listen, you know, I'm getting maybe it's not the right timing for you. You know, we've been playing this dance for the last two months trying to follow up and you're deciding. It's like, how many times have you had a prospect just keep dragging you through the mud and like you don't ever want to give up? Like, I'll tell you, the worst thing you can do is that, you know, I'll just flat out say, Lisa, look, I don't think this is for you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, listen, I don't want to be like rude, but if you don't know by now, like it's not for you. There's literally nothing else I could give you. If you can't make a decision yet, then let's just move on. Right. But most people don't do that. So they lose that dance with the prospect. We have to learn how to have more posture and you have to learn how to be able to pull it away sometimes to get people to want it. Mm, that's huge. And when you go back to that mindset of when you're on your path to truly serve and change the world, you yeah. shouldn't be getting hung up and stringing along that one person. Cause you may be missing 10 other people that truly do want it and it's their time and they're ready. Totally. And right? if you're leading by example and you're talking mm-hmm. and prospecting to new people, then you don't, you're not, you don't have time to worry about any one person. You know, it's always a, it's always just a function of, of activity. I mean, activity is, is the solution to any problem you'll ever have in, in, the, in network marketing. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So I have one final question for you. Yeah. Even though I feel like I could pick your brain for hours. This is so good. Oh my goodness. What is the biggest thing you're looking forward to? by the end of the year to have completed or just, you're just geeking out, excited about, I mean, some people don't realize like we're halfway through the year here, people like, you know, I always say like, you know, July is the new January for me. I look at like, am I happy where I'm at halfway through the year? 
Yeah. It could be anything. It could be personal. It could be business. What is like New Year's Eve when you're like toasting? You're like, damn, this was good. Yeah. What is that thing that you're like geeking out about and so excited about by the end yeah, of the So year? I'll give you two answers. One, because I feel like if I didn't say this, I'd feel bad. I mean, my, we're having our first child in September. So Yay! that, you know, obviously my... <laughs> Excited to have a, you know, have a little uh, guy around that I can start mentoring and be a dad. So that, that, that's going to be awesome. But I think aside from that, um, I'm going to be, uh, I'm excited about uh, this company that I've created, Your Virtual Upline. Um, I'm going to be launching a, a membership community and it's going to be specifically geared towards leadership development. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be helping that person that um, is stuck at, uh, you know, three figures a month get to four figures or help them go from four to five or five to six or six to seven um, to be able to teach people how to level up to whatever that next level is in their business. So we're going to be focused on um, leadership development. You know, one of the kind of core overriding principles is we're going to help create better human beings. Because I truly believe that, you know, acquiring skills is important. And a lot of people in this profession, a lot of the prominent trainers, you know, like Eric Worre, they talk about GoPro. And that's, you got to do that. But I think I've got a little bit of a different spin is I believe the way that we elevate this profession faster than anything else is we each individually become an unstoppable force for good. We take the gifts that we have, that we have to offer and give to the world. And we start to learn how to get over, get over our fear and start giving it. And the more you do that, the more you give the gifts that you have, the more you can recognize your own greatness and grow as a human being, the more lives that you impact. And it's like you said, I love using that analogy of the ripple effect. You know, you touch one person's life, you impact one person's life, you never know what's going to happen. So I want to create a community of people that are in this profession that have a heart-centered approach to their business that not only want to grow an amazing business, but they want to impact the world in a positive way. And I want to create a community of people that, that where they can call home that we can empower people to do that. So. Ooh, I got goosebumps. I don't know that I've ever, I think I need to get the recording of this because I just did my sales pitch for there it. There you go. <laughs> you can have it for sure. I know. It's like, if you don't get goosebumps from that, you're dead. Yeah. I was like, man, that sound that actually sounds pretty good. I might sign up for that myself. <laughs> you're like, I rehearsed this. No, really, I didn't. Um, that's amazing. But again, the fact that you can deliver that, I think what I love so much about you, Bob, is that you're the real deal. Like you care about people, your morals and your integrity and your values are spot on. It's not about the superficial things in this life. It's about truly leaving that legacy, making a real difference, having that ripple effect. And it's like the world needs more Bob. (laughs) I think think so, but I might be biased. (laughs) And you're going to make an amazing dad. This little one that you have on the way. Oh my gosh, September, you were telling me that's so great. I really didn't set you up for that. I was wondering how you were going to answer that, but um, congratulations to you on so many incredible things coming your way. Um, If you want to reach out to Bob, you want to know about more of his products and his coaching and his programs and how he can help you make a difference in this world, be an incredible leader or just be the best version of yourself, you can find him either on Facebook or his website at Bob Heilig, H-E-I-L-I-G.com. Check yes. him out. And Bob, thank you 
so much. This will be a podcast I will go back and listen to myself <laughs> over again. You're amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on with me. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Empowered Life Podcast. For more free business and health training, go to www.lisapizik.com.